Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening in to another episode. And before we get started, let's go ahead and start getting the house rules in order. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. It is the best way to keep up with new podcasts whenever they are coming out. Also, if you can, please leave us a review. It is the best way for other people to find us whenever they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. Also, if you haven't, go ahead and check out our social media. We are on 2A Lifestyle under everything, uh, except for Parlor now, because they got fucking nixed. But uh, we're on MeWe, we're on Discord, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, we're everywhere. So check out us out on 2A Lifestyle on our social media and follow us there to see what we're doing in between podcast episodes and also just to find some pretty good, hilarious content that I like to share, memes and the, and the like and memes that I make and all that good shit. Also go ahead and check out our website, 2alifestyle.com. That's the best way to keep up with uh, episodes as well. Also, uh, articles that were right. We are going to be going over to Just Pews, but at the moment we are still under 2alifestyle.com. Uh, so check us out there. Hopefully by the next episode we will be under Just Pews. I just got to basically send my shit over to them so that way we can go ahead and do a little bit more collaboration. Also, go ahead and uh, check out our Patreon. We have a Patreon account. Anything you guys give us, it goes directly back into this podcast. It goes to make our content better. Uh, we were hoping to have our new computer setup done, but I'm getting floors and everything taken care of, so I hadn't done it yet. But next episode, we are definitely going to have our new computer setup, and we should have a live video pod, you know, video cast going as well, along with the audio. So be looking forward to that so with that let's go ahead and start our show All right, let's go ahead and start getting into some of our stories. But before before we do that, let's go ahead and start talking about the shooting sports because that is what it's all about. First article comes to us from Amalan, and the title of it is the Scholastic Action, Action Shooting Program, uh, which is basically you know for high schools, college, things like that. Uh, they debuted a podium placement in the Arizona Championship. Uh, that is fucking awesome. Some of these guys are going into uh, the Junior Olympic Development Camps for young athletes to pursue their Olympic dreams. Uh, so this is, I mean, I'm telling you, that shit is just fucking awesome. I'm just glad we are able to get the youth into shooting sports and there is a platform for them to be able to do, uh, you know, develop their skills, especially to get into the Olympic level. Because that is uh, you know, just a humongous platform for them to be able to uh, just project the positiveness of the shooting sports. And I think that's amazing. Next article comes to us from Tactical Life. Uh, and is the Department of Justice and FBI select federal ammunition 556 for their service and training ammo. This sucks huge nuts because there's already a ammo shortage. And because uh, Federal got this contract, which I mean is good on Federal because that is a big business uh, for them because um, in the article uh, they say they're going to be getting a indefinite quantity contract totals for a total over five years. Uh, this sucks for us as the consumer because you know there's already an ammo shortage and because of this you know government contracts in and is going to be kind of take a priority over commercial sales so it's it's basically going to hurt us even more just like the same shit we saw back in Sandy Hook whenever uh, there was the last ammo shortage we saw that you know department of homeland security the fucking uh, department of the interior NASA, all them fucking people got humongous uh, ammo contracts from these different ammo manufacturers, and it made the ammo shortage last longer after Sandy Hook. 
And with the ammo shortage looking like it's not going to get any better anytime soon, uh, you know, I went to my fucking local academy. I just drove by it. I didn't even get into it because the fucking parking lot was full at my local academy. Uh, You know, they get their ammo shipments here locally Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays. And uh, this is my just, you know, something also. I've been working six days a week for almost two years now. So I finally got my uh, weekends back where I'm off two days. And, uh, so I'm able to finally start going and, you know, getting into the line on Academy on Sundays to try and get the ammo. But fuck me, it was ridiculous today. I didn't even bother going in because it was so packed. Uh, but, you know, that sucks for the the average guy because that is definitely going to hurt the uh, ammo shortage. You know, well, it's going to in it's going to inflate the ammo shortage even more. And these next stories, you know, I'm sorry, it's all kind of fucking doom and gloom. But because of the fact that we've had uh, fucking the legislative sessions are just now starting everywhere, there is a massive amount of gun control bills, unfortunately, especially with, uh, you know, and I, I hate to use this word, but Democrats, but unfortunately, Democrats seem to be the prevailing party for introducing and passing gun control legislation. Now, I'm not saying Republicans don't also vote for gun control legislation, but it seems to be the Democrats that at least introduced it for the most part at the state levels and the national levels. Uh, So because they are now getting back into the legislative sessions for this year, uh, it looks like we're going to be having a slew of gun control bills being introduced, and that's what we're going to be talking a majority of the episode about. But with that, we're also going to be talking about a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but some pro-gun legislation that's being passed in some more uh, freedom-friendly states, and then also some legal action that is being taken uh, taken across the country in regards to these unconstitutional gun control uh, pieces of legislation that are being passed by states. Uh, the first one we're going to be talking about, uh, a lot of these stories are coming to us from Amelin, but the first article comes to us, uh, and the title of it is The NRA Sues Fairfax County for Unconstitutional Ban on Firearms in Parks. Now, basically what happened is Fairfax County, which is literally the home to the NRA headquarters currently, uh, even though they are filing for bankruptcy, and they are going to be moving to Texas. The NRA ILA, which is a separate organization from the big NRA that we've talked about in that uh, story last podcast, they have filed a lawsuit. Uh, and basically what it says is that there's Fairfax County has passed a ban on firearms and parks on trails in Fairfax County, and they are considering it unconstitutional and dangerous. Uh, this is, you know, obviously they're stating that is a reaction to uh, numerous uh, gun control hype that is being uh, felt and uh, pondered and pushed by uh, these you know progressive politicians that are against freedom and stating that you know they're using this COVID-19 pandemic as a result of uh, keeping firearms off of parks and trails and obviously since COVID-19 there has been a massive sale in firearms and ammunition but of course they are saying that you know the reality is there are assaults and sexual assaults and other violent crime that does occur at parks of course uh, and if you're keeping people away uh, you know keeping people from carrying their constitutional right of firearms in these places, you are going to be seeing a spike in these things, and these people are unable to uh, defend themselves with firearms. And there are 23,584 acres of parks and 334 miles of trails in Fairfax County. And uh, you know, having been to Fairfax County myself, I will tell you that you know there's a lot of people that like outdoor activities there, whether it be running, walking their dogs, uh, whatever the fuck it may be. So this is going to affect a lot of people. So I hope the NRA ILA does some good in regards to their legis- uh, their litigation in regards to this. Next article is, the title of it is Connecticut uh, has a handful of gun bills introduced into the General Assembly. Uh, the first one, I'm not going to give you all the names. If you want, please go look at uh, your uh, local, you know, state, whatever this is, uh, Connecticut, uh, or you can go to Amelant and check it out yourself. But some of these, uh, pro, you know, these legislations includes establishing a tax on the purchase of ammunition by a business. Uh, it's basically going to be two cents per round on uh, rounds of 22 caliber or less, or five cents per round on all of the ammunition. 
There's also a, another bill which is prohibiting anyone from purchasing more than one handgun within any 30-day uh, period. And of course, that is a humongous uh, limit on people's uh, rights to um, firearms possession. You know, it's basically a tax on the poor. And, you know, I, fuck, I'm going to say this just because this very well correlates to an us versus them, uh, you know, what's good for thee but not for me kind of mentality. Because all these politicians are, you know, rich enough to hire private security or they are rich enough to live in these, you know, gated communities or things of that nature, you know, and some of them even have guns, even though they are wanting to pass gun control legislation because they file little exempts in the lofts for them. Uh, you know, the shit that's going on with the uh, GameStop stocks and AMC and all those others is a fucking prime example. And I've talked about it on my social media a little bit about it. I, you know, this is literally just a perfect example of, and I hate to say it because I'm sounding like a fucking progressive in regards to it, uh, but class warfare. And I swear to criminy, fucking, I never thought I would see my two most progressive liberal people that I know are defending hedge funds and Wall Street in regards to what's going on with all that bullshit. You know, you're, I, I have several friends that have made hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands of dollars in regards to the GameStop stock. And they are making that money, obviously, through, you know, Reddit. These uh, Wall Street bets is the Reddit subgroup. Uh, and hell, even Elon Musk has chimed in and Mark Cuban has chimed in saying, you know, and these people aren't, you know, bastions of conservatism, but they are uh, free thinkers and capitalists. And they are saying that, you know, what's going on is wrong. But you have these politicians who say that they are for the poor, you know, the average poor citizen, uh, you know, against wall street bankers and whatever the fuck it may be uh and they are going and fucking defending the hedge funds that are basically uh banking on bank uh bankrupting these companies and it's fucking horseshit so i'm telling you th this fucking shit that's going on uh it seems like it's a sim world there's no fucking way anybody could have thought this shit was going to happen five years ago uh, going on into the next story, uh, also comes to us from Amalan. Uh, Pro Gun Group says HR 127 gun control bill is an insanity on steroids. Now, this is something that's happening on the federal level. Uh, Congressman woman Sheila Jackson Lee uh, has introduced HR 127, which is a gun control measure requiring gun owner licensing. So there you there you got you know registry psychological mandatory psychological evaluations for everybody in the home if you're going to have a gun a retroactive gun registration and separate licensing for modern sporting rifles which is basically a separate license like basically placing all uh basically all semi-automatic uh firearms you'd have to would be put on an nfa and you have to have a separate tax stamp just to own those uh it is absolutely fucking insane uh successful licenses uh you'd also have to have insurance uh, and the insurance policies, which will cost around $800. So just to have firearms, you have to have $800 insurance. It's fucking insane. And unfortunately, uh, the Democrats who are for gun control, and again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying this because I'm sure there might be some Republicans that vote for this as well. Uh, I'm almost guaranteed there's going to be at least in the House, at least one or two Republicans that probably vote for this. Uh, you know, when it gets into the Senate, you know, the Senate is now uh, majority Democrat and they are most likely going to vote for this. Uh, it is probably going to end up in, you know, there's H HB 127. I don't know if it's going to pass in its entirety as it is, but they're probably going to introduce some quote unquote common sense gun control laws uh, where it'd be, uh, you know, restrictions on uh, modern sporting rifles, restrictions on quote unquote high capacity magazines, whatever the fuck, you know, uh, uh, quote unquote universal background check. They're probably going to pass something like this regardless because of the powers that be that are in control at the moment in Washington, D.C., and it is going to go to the Supreme Court. And honestly, I hope it does uh, because I feel that with the current makeup of the court, and I think we will see that this um, Supreme Court term 
where we will see some Second Amendment, you know, case go before the Supreme Court. And I, in my feet, in my gut, I feel that with the current makeup of the Supreme Court, that there is going to be a positive, um, a positive result for gun owners, I, sh- I should say. Uh, and by the way, I'm hearing it myself now, so I just want to apologize in advance uh, because I'm moving the podcast set up to another location uh, a little bit better. I went ahead and took down some of my soundproof foam that I have to try and help control the echoes that I have in the room that I currently have. And uh, so I don't have it in here at the moment while I'm taking uh, recording this episode. So there might be a little bit of echo inside the uh, podcast itself, and I just wanted to notate that because if you're wondering why does it sound more echoey and shit like that, that's the reason why. Uh, like I said, I hope the next podcast episode with the new setup and everything, it's going to be more professional. Again, it, the Patreon is a humongous help to this, so if you guys please support me on Patreon. Like I said, anything I have, it goes directly back into this podcast to make a better product for you guys. Uh, next article, it's going to come to us from Amland as well, and it is uh, from Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts, of course, multiple anti-gun bills introduced in the House. Uh, a, you know, some of these uh, universal background checks again for private gun sales. So again, you're going to have to go either to a gun shop or to your local police department and pay a fee to have a background check done for any private uh, firearm sale. Again, tax on the poor. Uh, an act to require liability insurance for gun ownership. Now, all this shit is, is stuff I'm telling you about uh, that they're also trying to do at the federal level. This is all being done at the state level. Uh, just fucking nonsense. Uh, North Dakota concealed carry law should be considered tomorrow. And this was published actually on the 29th. So it should be hopefully considered next uh, next week. And basically what it is, is the House Energy and Natural Resources Committee is consider, uh, considering a concealed permit enhancement legislation. Uh, with While no vote is con- uh, currently scheduled, the committee could vote to send the measure to the full House floor. Uh, basically what this is, it enhances North Dakota's permit laws by removing certain minor violations from its list of prohibiting factors to applicants. So that's this. I'm, I'm kind of sprinkling some good news in here so that way it's just not all doom and gloom. So if you have some minor violations which currently prohibit you from having a North Dakota concealed carry permit, with this bill, it would take some of those violations away so that way you can get a concealed carry permit and better defend yourself from any sort of crime that might occur to you. So that is good stuff. Next article, uh, Virginia House of Representatives passes anti-gun bills. And unfortunately, Virginia has just fucking gone in the loony bin. Last year's lobby, or wasn't last year, but the year before, that lobby day, I guess that did nothing. Uh, no, it was last year. It was last year. It was before all the COVID. Uh, there was a lobby day this year. Uh, it was on a much smaller scale, but there was a lot of uh, gun supporters that were there. And I'm telling you, these fucking Virginia politicians, they just do not give a shit about what the people think. Uh, they're just going to do whatever they want. And I fucking hope, you know, we unfortunately we didn't see it this past um, election, but just because I think there was such a humongous um, push, I guess you could say, against Donald Trump that a lot of Republicans did not get elected. But I'm hoping that, and, and again, I, I say Republicans, and I'm just unfortunately using these terms, uh, which are more synonymous with gun-friendly politicians versus uh, pro-gun control politicians. And I'm not a for one political party or the other. Uh, you know, I've voted for Democrats on the state level just because there are still a lot of conservative Democrats here in the South. Uh, but some of these bills, just going ahead and tell you about what they are. House Bill 2128 allows for a five business day delay to be imposed on farms, transfactors. So basically a five day waiting period. Uh, House Bill 2276 essentially ends the century old practice of manufacturing farms for personal use. Uh, so to get a, get rid of the quote unquote ghost guns, so no more poly 80s, no more 80% AR-15s, things of that nature. And of course, good for thee, but not for me, House Bill 2295 bans farms from Capitol Square or any building or parking facility owned or leased by the state of Virginia. Uh, that again is just them just wanting to uh, 
make themselves feel warm and fuzzy by making these gun-free zones. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, next article, uh, the NRA asked court to hold Maryland handgun law unconstitutional. So the NRA, and again, it's the NRA ILA, not the big NRA, which is filed for bankruptcy and is moving its charter from New York to Texas. Uh, they are filing suit against a Maryland handgun qualification license law. So basically what Maryland has passed is saying that you have to show proficiency with your weapon for you to get a license, a concealed carry license, uh, and you have to pay a $50 application fee. You have to wait 30 days for the state to process the information. And once these steps are completed, the purchaser must then follow Maryland's additional laws and undergo another background check, pay another registration fee, and wait an additional seven business days before they can actually take possession of the gun. Uh, you know, I'm telling you, this shit is bananas. Uh, you know, you have to attend a third party lengthy classroom instruction uh, you have to pass a live fire exercise all this kind of stuff and again it is just a tax on the poor and that's all it is it really is they're trying to you know these people that are wealthy that live in these gated communities you know friends of politicians all that kind of stuff uh, you know they are going to be able to still to afford this kind of stuff but the average you know Joe citizen who works at Walmart or wherever the fuck uh, you know has just a blue collar job, maybe living paycheck to paycheck, or especially now since COVID-19, there's so many people out of work uh, still uh, because of COVID-19 uh, and because of these fucking lockdowns, they're not allowing certain businesses to open up because, you know, a lot of this legislation being passed is being passed in states that are still having some sort of uh, close of their uh, you know, state or some sort of restrictions for businesses uh, that can only open. And it's just, uh, you know, so many people don't have the money for this kind of stuff to enjoy a constitutional right, to enjoy a civil right, which the Second Amendment is the right to own firearms. Uh, it's, it's fucking absolute insanity. Virginia, again, Virginia uh, gun rental background check bill passes insurmountable hurdles. So what this is, uh, this is SB 1250, and this is this is bad not only just for the average gun owner, but this is also bad for gun ranges. If you have a gun range and you rent out firearms to you know average citizens for people you know that may be interested in gun ownership, but they uh, you know aren't too sure, or if you know for example, I've done this. I've you know have a gun that I'm interested in, and I'm not too sure how it feels in my hand, how the trigger feels, and I don't feel like spending you know six seven hundred dollars on a new gun and then not really liking it and then having to sell it and probably lose uh, some money on it. You know, I'll go, I'll, I'll drive an hour to the nearest gun range of that's near me that can uh, rent guns and that's what I'll do. But with this new Virginia law, uh, you're going to have to pass a fucking background check before you can even rent a gun. So again, that's going to back up Nick's. Uh, that is going to back up the but you know the system where you have to have these background checks and of course that's going to produce more delays uh, in regards to just normal firearm sales uh, you're going to also have more people that are prohibited persons uh, slip through the cracks you know we've seen that already uh, in regards to the uh, NIC system being overloaded and allowing certain people to have firearms that are prohibited persons so they're basically you know you know, backing up the system for their own current gun control laws. Uh, Virginia, I'm telling you, it's just fucking insanity what's going on in Virginia. Next article, Utah House Judiciary Committee passes permitless carry legislation. Now, of course, again, like I say, I'm sprinkling some good shit in here for that, so it's not all just doom and gloom. Uh, it has passed a committee of eight to three. And it's going to go before the full House in Utah. It's House Bill 60, which is sponsored by Representative Walt Brooks. Uh, and basically, they are trying to get rid of the need for concealed carry permits, uh, basically permit, you know, permitless uh, carrying. So you don't have to go through the whole background check or whatever it, you know, Utah requires for you to carry concealed. They're trying to have permitless carry, which is great stuff. Uh, next article, Kansas permit recognition legislation to be considered on Wednesday. Now, this is good because uh, it's House Bill 2059, 
and it seeks to recognize all out-of-state concealed carry permits and allow those who have been licensed to carry a farms for self-defense to do so lawfully in Kansas. Uh, now, this is great because if you are traveling to Kansas and you have a concealed carry permit, and that's something a lot of people don't realize, and I hope you do, especially if you travel around a lot or if you're going to go on vacation you plan on carrying, is that you may have a concealed carry permit from your state, but you need to check and see what states recognize your state's permit for concealed carry. Uh, in Alabama, uh, I think last I checked, there's like 31, maybe 32 states that recognize Alabama's concealed carry permit. Uh, it used to be 27, but more states have uh, accepted it. Uh, that is, you know, something that is, you know, very important. And I think, it, you know, a concealed carry permit is a government issued uh, license. And just like if I get married in Alabama and I decide to move back to Texas, Texas is going to recognize my marriage certificate because it is a government issued license. And it should be that way with concealed carry permits as well. If I have a concealed carry permit in Alabama and I said to go to New York or to Illinois or to California, you know, they might not allow it, but they should recognize that I am a citizen of the state of Alabama and they're going to recognize my driver's license if I get pulled over and get a ticket, but they're not going to recognize my concealed carry permit. You know, that is just, um, it's just fucking bonkers. I, I just don't understand how they can justify that. Next article, Washington State Carry Ban and Magazine Bill Introduced. Now, this is hot shit going on right here because with Washington's politics, this could very well pass because of what's gone on with Portland uh, and Chaz or CHOP or whatever the fuck it's been called. And what it is is Senate Bill 5078 and 5038. Uh, basically, 5078 is a measure, uh, measure that will ban the manufacture, possession, sale, transfer, etc. of magazines that are capable of holding more than 10 rounds. This is including conversion kits. So Colorado, for is a good example, where they passed a bill that says uh, you're not allowed to sell or, or purchase or uh, any magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds, but they can sell kits and they're not conversion kits, but they are kits to maintain uh, magazines that were purchased before that legislation was introduced uh, that will allow that magazine to hold more than 10 rounds. So it could become a standard capacity magazine. Now, of course, you know, some people, and I'm not saying this is what's going on because I don't want to end up being like the pistol brace situation, but what some people are doing is they're purchasing those uh, kits and they're putting them in their new magazines that they've gotten with their firearms. So, uh, you know, if they bought a, a firearm and it came with two 10 round magazines, they'll purchase those kits, take out that 10 round uh, restrictor in those magazines, and then they become standard pet capacity magazines. So uh, I'm not saying that's what's happening because again, you know, uh, tongue in cheek kind of deal. That's, that's what happened with uh, the pistol braces and the ATF. That's what they're saying. They were advertising as being uh, shouldered instead of being used as a brace. Uh, but, you know, that is what's going on. So there, you know, Washington is even getting rid of that so-called, uh, I guess you could say loophole that some people use. And then you can actually, you know, earn a maximum of 364 days in jail and or a fine up to $5,000 with that. Senate Bill 5038 will uh, be considered by uh, the Senate Law and Justice Committee. So, I mean, this isn't had gone to the full Senate yet, but these are being introduced. Uh, and it's going to make it a crime for anyone to openly carry on the person in a vehicle uh, a firearm if the person is participating or attending a demonstration in a public place. So, you know, this is obviously, you know, for groups such as Antifa and also for uh, everyone else that is, you know, protecting their businesses because of these uh, riots that are going on and, and, and things like that. It's, it's fucking insanity. I'm telling you, just, just fucking insane what's going on. And this article actually comes to us from The Hill. And now I'm going to say this. Uh, you know, I got a couple of, of uh, different articles in here because of uh, what they are consisting of. But it's big stuff what they're trying to do. Uh, this article comes to us from The Hill, and I know that's a shit fucking 
news source, but I saw this article and I thought this was interesting. Uh, House Democrats this week are pushing legislation to bar lawmakers from carrying firearms anywhere on Capitol Hill. An old idea getting new attention in the front days since the deadly attack on the Capitol earlier this month. It is sponsored by Representatives Jared Huffman and Jackie Speer, both California Democrats. Go fucking figure. Uh, And it would repeal a decades-old rule exempting lawmakers from an otherwise blanket ban on guns across the Capitol complex. Now, since 1967... Lawmakers have been carved out uh, of a bill passed in 1967 that banned firearms in the Capitol. They said, oh, again, good for thee, not for me. Uh, I can carry guns in the Capitol, but you can't. But because of what's been going on and because there's been a lot of outspoken, uh, and I'm just going to flat out say because it's the truth, a flat out outspoken Republican politicians that have been elected to Congress, that uh, that one fucking chick uh, from Colorado, I can't remember her name at the moment, but uh, she has you know, said that she's going to carry openly into Congress uh, because she is a, a Second Amendment proponent, is what she's claiming to be. Um, and now Democrats are wanting to get rid of all firearms possession for everybody, including the lawmakers. And now I think this is uh, comical because when the Capitol was stormed uh, in June 20, or January 26th, you had some politicians who even fucking Democrats were carrying concealed in the House chamber. If you look in some of the videos and photos, you can see some uh, congressmen, you know, uh, congressmen, people, congressmen, congresswomen, whatever the fuck it may be, uh, they, you know, pulled out their own guns because they were thinking like, oh shit, we're being invaded by this rowdy mob going on outside. So, you know, it, it's just virtual signaling, and they are, it, it's mental illness, if you ask in my mind, to not take your own personal safety in your own hands. Uh, you know, by carrying a firearm because you never know what's going to happen. I bet you when those Congress uh, Congress representatives, uh, senators and representatives went to work that day, they did not think that that was going to happen. So they decided to rely their safety on Capitol Police and we see how well that fucking worked. The, you know, crowd pushed through the Capitol Police. They got inside. Uh, they ended up, you know, causing some damage, you know, property damage. And it didn't fucking work out for them, did they? But they're now wanting to take away the ability to carry in the Capitol for all of them. Uh, only people that can carry in the Capitol is Capitol Police, and we see how well of a bang-up fucking job they did. Uh, the only thing that they could do is shoot a woman that was climbing through a wall point-blank range uh, and you know kill her dead. But they let everybody else go through that motherfucker, uh, stealing podiums, uh, taking you know Nancy Pelosi's fucking laptop, taking a, a chip of her door off and shit like that. Uh, you know it's it's fucking crazy. So that is something that is being done by Democrats on the federal level. Next article comes to us from Wired.com. Now, again, I, I understand the shitty news or uh, sources that I have going with this, but I again, you know, what I do when I prepare for shows, you know, there's certain websites that I always go look and see what kind of good news articles would be good to cover on the show. Amaland obviously is a great one. The Farms Blog is another good one. Gat Daily, Recoil, Tactical Life, Ballistic, all that good stuff. Uh, but I also just Google Farms and I Google Guns. And I look in the news section in the Google results. And uh, that Hill article came up. Uh, that's where I got this one. And this is where I uh, got this one as well uh, from The Wired. And the title of it is uh, Encrypted Gun Registry Might Be Bridge uh, to a Partisan Divide. Researchers from Brown University has developed a system that could keep track of firearms while preserving privacy. Now, with House Bill 157 uh, being introduced and they're wanting to have a national gun registry, uh, obviously they're looking for ways to try and make you know some of these weak need Republicans that can, you know, they call themselves pro-gun politicians, but they will bend the knee uh, if needed to keep their power, basically. Uh, They are trying to come up with ways to make them feel a little warm and fuzzy uh, to accept that that peaceful slavery uh, in regards to restricting our gun rights and our civil rights. And this Brown University system basically is a way for them to try and do that. Now, this is a gun registry database uh, that is going to be encrypted. uh, And it is also going to be, um, 
you know, private. It's only going to be allowed for some uh, people to access it. But the reason for this is so that way they can know who has the guns, what guns you may have. So that way when they do finally pass gun confiscation, which registration leads to confiscation people. They just want to know who has what so that way they can go to that person and take it later. Uh, and the people that are going to have access to this, I'm just going to say, uh, is fucking law enforcement. You know, I, I'm a law enforcement officer, but I will fucking say this. Uh, you know, the people that are going to be, you know, actually participating in gun confiscation uh, is going to be some law enforcement. Absolutely. It's also probably going to be in the military. Uh, you know, I'm not saying every cop and every salt, you know, military member is going to be on board with gun confiscation and they're going to refuse those orders. But in places like California, New York, uh, Chicago, New Orleans, places like that, where, you know, the, the police officers are pulled from that populace and that populace uh, already thinks, you know, gun control is a good idea. They're going to be the ones enforcing this gun confiscation. And that is no bueno because uh, even though they're saying that they're doing this so that way people won't be able to hack into the system and see who has guns and whatnot and all that other kind of shit, uh, they're going to be using it whenever it's time for gun confiscation. So they're trying to you know, bring out this encrypted uh, possible registry for, for firearms to make those weak-kneed Republicans feel a little warm and fuzzy and be like, oh, well, it's encrypted. Nobody can get in the information except for law enforcement, and they're the good guys. So, you know, they should be able to have access to this kind of information. But whenever it comes time, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, if they're able to pass this and uh, they're going to use some other tragedy, some other mass killing, to uh, be the precipice for gun confiscation, that's where they're going to do it. Is they're going if uh, this registry kind of registry is passed, they're going to use that to go out and seize the guns. So fuck that. Ain't no way should be should be done. Uh, they can go eat a whole satchel of Richards for all I care in regards to that. Uh, this next article: uh, Democrat threat fuels momentum as FAF or Second Amendment Foundation, I should say, uh, expands to a outreach effort. Now, I will say that I think the SAF has done some fucking spectacular work in regards to um, community outreach and trying to have more people uh, engaged in regards to you know maintaining their Second Amendment rights. And we've seen that, especially in the Georgia election. Unfortunately, it did not go the way they had hoped in regards to keeping these politicians that have you know, expressed that they want more gun control legislation out, you know, passed. Uh, but this, the Second Amendment Foundation and the Gun Owners of America is doing fucking absolutely fantastic work in regards to uh, more grassroots, which, you know, the NRA, when they had their humongous uh, membership drive boom back in, you know, 2011, 12, 13, 14, around that time frame, uh, you know, they you know boasted, I think it was like seven or eight million members. Uh, and of course, that was after Sandy Hook and Democrats had uh, threatened gun control legislation in regards to magazine capacity and modern sporting rifle bans, stuff like that. Uh, they are doing the work that the NRA did back in that day, and they're trying to do it now. So that way, because you have a lot of people, and I, and I hear it every day in the gun community, you have... All these people that were NRA members, they are, you know, supporters of the Second Amendment, and they might do that through voting, through donating money, through getting involved in writing their politicians, and they used to get that message from the NRA. But now they've seen the NRA kind of for what they are in regards to the cronyism and the shit bags and the greed. Uh, and they're no longer NRA members, so they're just kind of like, oh, ho hum, uh, where you know who uh, represents me uh, for my gun rights? I guess I just got to vote for these politicians, uh, and some of them are shitbacks. So the Second Amendment Foundation and the Gunners of America is kind of taking a page from that book that the NRA did in 2012, and they're trying to uh, have more of a grassroots uh, foundation in regards to it. 
they are having uh, what is called a uh, overwhelming positive reaction to their Second Amendment first responder project. Uh, and it's a national television campaign for a fourth consecutive week, scheduling 69 more spots on more than a dozen networks. Uh, it is just a 60-second message. Uh, it's going to be broadcast a total of 268 times, reaching millions of viewers. Uh, and it's going to be on channels such as uh, BBC America, Destination, Discovery Channel, Sci-Fi, TLC, True TV, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Weather Channel, uh, CNBC, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, just to name a few. Uh, there's a whole list of, of channels that they're going to be on. And I think this is good because, you know, you saw uh, NRA commercials, you know, back in uh, 2014, 15, 16, especially, you know, before the election of Donald Trump. You know, the NRA was was killing it on trying to reach out to the average person. And I'm glad to see that another organization, you know, the Second Amendment Foundation, I think that they do fucking absolutely amazing work. Uh, you know, the gun or the gun on uh, gun owners of America, uh, they're do, they do really well, too. I'm still uh, just kind of on the fence with them. You know, I feel that the Farms Policy Foundation and the Farms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation, I think that right now that those are the premier uh, gun rights organizations in regards to the the nationwide kind of stuff uh you know please also join your state organizations but if please also join one of those national organizations because i think they do amazing work uh and the last article that we're going to be talking about and this is something that i shared on social media so please again like i said if you uh, are into social media check us out we share stuff you know in between podcast release and a lot of good shit is is on there in regards to content uh, Phoenix Supercop drops armed suspect holding baby with one shot. Now, this is a, an absolute fucking crazy video. Uh, and I posted it on my social media and I said, could you make this kind of shot? Uh, and of course, a lot of people said, you know, oh, fuck yeah. You know, did you see the distance? He had a, L, a lower power variable optic, uh, you know, LPVO uh, on his AR and he made this shot. But I'm telling you, what you need to do if you think you can make this shot is you know get you some hostage targets uh run 300 meters and then uh knock out we'll say 20 to 30 push-ups and then make that shot because the officer that made this shot in which i gotta say phoenix what the fuck is going on because just when i was uh going through my news stories and i saw this i was like oh yeah i want to talk about this because i talked about it on my social media uh i saw three other fucking uh, shooting videos between police and average citizens, you know, I say average citizens, uh, most of them, you know, were fucking criminals from what I saw. It was either, you know, they had either a uh, gun or they pulled out a fake gun, uh, trying probably to commit suicide by cop kind of deal. But fucking Phoenix, man, you know, y'all just fucking going buck wild out there with all the shootings going on. Uh, but this fucking, you know, do all, do that exercise and then, then shoot the hostage drill that this guy did, uh, you know, because these people were the second car on scene. You had the uh, radio traffic going out where this guy was shooting randomly, waving a gun around, uh, kidnapped some girls, you know, some poor woman's baby, was holding it hostage. Uh, the first officer arrived on scene. He starts talking to him. Guy lets off one round uh, in the air. Second uh, vehicle shows up. Uh, they're kind of blocking it off. They pull out their uh, weapons. You know, this guy is the only person that pulled out a, uh, you know, an AR-15 rifle. Uh, it's got an LPVO on it. Looks like a Vortex Razor, uh, from what everybody is saying. And you know, you, this guy is at least is trained, and he had the wherewithal. You can see him manipulating the magnification on the LPVO. So he's not just pulling it and taking a shot. Uh, and that's something else, too. You need to think about your holdovers. You know, you might zero your LPVO for like whatever it may be, 50, 75, 100 yards, whatever the fuck it may be. But you got to think about the holdover because, you know, you zeroed your uh, reticle for that distance. But if you're shooting, you know, a lot closer, which here it appeared, I would say, maybe between like 20 to 30 meters between the actual officer and the uh, the suspect. Uh, you know, you got to think that's that zero is, you know, where you had that dot uh, when you zeroed it isn't going to be the same. So this guy was fucking on point. And as soon as the suspect started to point the gun towards the baby, boom, one shot neutralized right there. That's all it took. Uh, 
Uh, and I think from some of the, the reports I'm hearing, uh, he hit him right kind of in the neck area. Uh, and boom, basically DRT, dead right there. Uh, probably clipped his spine and that was all it was needed and then of course you know some of the other officers they start to approach him to try and and uh get the kid and this fucking you know guy i don't know how he was able to run up there with his ball swinging like he did uh he said you know they're trying to go up there kind of all tactically and this guy's like no fuck it get the kid and they you know fucking dragged him like the baby had a fucking plate carry he just grabbed him by the neck on the onesie or the polo that he had on and just picked him up uh and you know was able to finally get him run to safety and then you see this guy you know was able to you know mellow out his adrenaline that i'm sure he had pumping through him at the time and was able to console a kid so this fucking guy just fucking bravo this is the kind of shit you need to be training for because this is real world real world scenario you know say for example this happened in Phoenix. I'm sure, you know, in Phoenix, the uh, response times are a whole lot better than fucking BFE, you know, out in the middle of the country. You know, you see some shit like this happen at a gas station out in the middle of nowhere. How long is it going to take, you think, for uh, deputies or state police to arrive to that scene? It's probably going to be more in the realm of 15 to 30 minutes, you know, I while this guy is is you know going off, if it would have took you know Phoenix police fifteen to thirty minutes to get there, but you're there, you see what's going on, you're armed. Do you think you can make that shot? That's the kind of thing you need to be thinking about whenever you go do your uh, training and you go to the range and you start you know popping off some rounds and doing some drills. That's the kind of shit you need to be thinking of. And this is something whether you like the police or hate them, you need to be looking at this kind of stuff because this is real world applications that could be used for your training this shit actually happened you know this is the kind of stuff that you can say you know you can you can go to the range and you can think you know i'm gonna train uh i'm gonna have like 15 fucking attackers coming towards me two of them are holding hostages and uh you know all that kind of bullshit and i gotta do a mag change you know in the middle of it because i'm only carrying a seven round 1911 or whatever the fuck it may be uh you know that's fucking very unrealistic but comb through your news stories comb through youtube comb through uh you know these different news sources that i'm going on and look and see what is some real world scenarios that has happened because if it's happened to them i guarantee you it can happen to you at some point in time if the same circumstances are right and do you want to be the one that's just sitting there holding your fucking phone for 15 or 30 minutes uh if you live you know in a rural area to wait for you know first responders to arrive with their guns or do you want to carry your gun and you want to be the one that can help preserve life that's what you need to think of and with that let's go ahead and talk about our sponsor before we start getting into our next portion of the show and our sponsor of course is cold war concealment uh, if you're looking for a, a quality kydex holster please go ahead and check out cliff at coldworkconcealment.com or coldworkconcealment on social media he's on instagram and he's on facebook cliff makes great quality kydex holsters uh, i'm telling you it's shit that i use it's shit that i recommend to other people when they're looking for kydex uh, I got a friend that's looking at getting a Kydex for his SIG 320, and I told him, I said, go check out Cliff at Cowork Concealment. Uh, he's actually from the same part of North Carolina where Cliff is uh, stationed at. Uh, if you're looking for anything, please, uh, you know, mag carriers, uh, you know, gun holsters. Cliff even sells firearm parts and also first aid uh, pieces. Uh, if you're going to build your uh, own first aid uh, EDC uh, or for your plate carrier or whatever, check out Cliff at coworkconcealment.com and tell them that you heard him on the 2A Lifestyle podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into our next section. I fucked up so many times, would you bless me again? You went through what I went through, you would feel desperate to win. You got statements on your dog, you a threat with the pen. Couple nights I rolled strikers, they was changing the VN. And I drink a ginger ale, that's what I take on my team. I say this my last time, then I'll take it again. Is you with me or you not, but I ain't gon' say it again. Get a second chance with promises, don't break it again. Oh, I'm going Kanye crazy. With that, you know, there has been a lot of new products coming out because SHOT Show, I guess they still did like a fucking 
virtual SHOT Show, which is still kind of fucking stupid. Uh, they should just done it in person. But because of that, there's a lot of new products that's been released and talked about. The first one I'm going to talk about is Mepro. Uh, FUBS, or F-U-B-S, I guess you could say, self-illuminating backup sites for Mepro Light. This is, uh, you know, kind of very similar in regards to the uh, new Magpul uh, M buses that they have the, that they just came out with. I think it was the Gen Three. Uh, this is Metro Light's version of Fubs, which is kind of a stupid fucking name, if you ask me. Uh, but it is a folding backup sites, which are self-illuminated by tritium in the front and the rear. Now, I, you know, is this necessary to have, uh, you know? tritium on your AR sites maybe not but you know it is a good feature to have and you know it is not all that expensive uh, when you're looking at this uh, waiting for this to pull up you're looking at 120 bucks those new Magpul uh, sites around that same price for both pair so you're looking at 120 bucks uh, these are available you know the the link that I clicked on uh, Shot or the firearms blog sent me to Palmetto State Armory. Uh, they're in stock, so if you're looking at having a build, definitely check that out. Uh, this next article comes to us from Gat Daily, and it's a review on this Vortex Spark Solar. Now, this is something that I very and I'm actually planning on getting one of these for my AR pistols. Uh, it is basic. It's almost uh, the Hollow Sun uh, Solar site i guess you could say uh it is you know they're they're spark but it is powered by solar uh which is really cool uh, it's they're boasting i think it's like a like sixty thousand hours uh you know it's not too terribly expensive you know you're looking around the same price for hollow suns uh uh, there, I think it's the 5073, I think is what it is off the top of my head. Just kind of thinking, uh, I think the, the price of it is just over $300. Um, should have had this, should have had the fucking actual site up instead of, uh, looking at this fucking, uh, review. My apologies, but real quick while I am talking about this, uh, just going to Vortex Optics, uh, website, $399.99. You're not gonna fucking pay for that, you know that price in um, stores. Uh, you're looking at a, you know, a one MOA uh, dot size is the. I'm sorry, one MOA is the adjustment graduation. It's a two A dot site. Uh, start looking at the features. Uh, I, I'm fucking unprepared, and I looked at all this shit before. I don't know why the fuck uh, I didn't have this shit ready earlier. Uh, I'm trying to see the hour life on it, and I don't even fucking see it. Oh, here it goes. I'm fucking retarded. Uh, the Spark Solar harnesses the power for up to 150,000 hours for the battery life. Uh, and I think it was 50 or 60,000 hours if you don't use the solar. So uh, it's you know, not, it's a pretty good deal. And then not only that, you're getting Vortex's customer service, their warranty with it, which is fucking absolutely spectacular. And some people honestly just have kind of a bias on Holosun just because it's a Chinese-made company. You know, they'd much rather buy American. Uh, I know a pretty good dude that's you know big in the in the gun community, uh, and he hates Holosun. So this is you know geared more kind of towards that. Uh, another product that is coming out is going to be the Strike Industries P320 sights. Now this is cool because uh, obviously 320s are taking off in. Uh, popularity uh, they you know there's a lot of aftermarket parts now coming out for them they're suppressor height sites it's just black sites you're not looking at any kind of dots on them and these are only 30 bucks uh, this is a great fucking price for it you know strike industries uh, you know these are kind of just backup iron sites for your red dots uh, and they got some serrations on the sites themselves so that's good shit for uh, and it's also like a, a front flat uh, blah, 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 a front flat uh, rear sight so like if you're going to rack your uh, a slide, you know, using the sights, uh, that's great for it too. And they're metal, which is nice. So good deal on that. Also something that's really fucking cool, uh, is Valkortsen Mamba X. Uh, this is a new takedown rimfire built for competition speed. Uh, you know, Valkortsen is known for making their, um, uh, 
10.22 rifles. Uh, those are really great in making, uh, you know, for people that are huge into the 22 competition shooting. Uh, but now, it, of course, because it's Valkortsen, you for the whole firearm, uh, you're looking at around anywhere between 1342 to 1432 uh, retail price MSRP. But now, if you have, it uh, looks like this would fit on a uh, like a Browning Buckmark or um, I don't know if it'd fit on a Buckmark, uh, but maybe a Ruger, yeah, it's uh, Ruger MK4 frame. Uh, you can just get the upper itself for 489, which is a little bit more reasonable. Uh, it's pretty cool. It features a uh, competition bolt, single port compensator, uh, and it's also got a one a half inch by 28 threaded stainless steel, four and a half inch stainless steel barrel. Uh, it's laser hardened. Uh, so this is this is you know this thing came to play. It's pretty fucking cool. Next, uh, Savage Arms comes out with a Renegade competition shotgun. Uh, now, you know, I threw this in here because there's obviously people that are, you know, big into three gun and things of that nature. Uh, and this is kind of a little bit late in the game in regards to coming out with some kind of high speed, low drag kind of competition shotgun. Uh, it is Savage Arms, so, you know, it's a good firearms company. Uh, but now here's the kicker when you're looking at the uh, MSRP basically looking at two grand uh that is pretty fucking expensive whenever you can have you know the old jerry michelick uh i think remington makes their not remington it's mossberg makes their uh for, you know jerry michelick competition shotgun uh for less than half the price and then you know there's still plenty of room for you there if you want to put in additional parts because it's a 24 inch barrel didn't see exactly how many it held in the tube uh but you know a little late to the game plus it's all red and shit looks dumb and next article is about voodoo gunworks vt or v22m review uh, it's a basically a 22 magnum rifle uh, bolt action uh, looks it's got a heavy barrel uh, cheek riser on the stock stock's beautiful it's also got a uh, on the stock it's a wooden stock it looks like a wooden stock it's got a, a picatinny rail right up there at the front of the handguard so if you wanted to mount a bipod uh, it is magazine fed, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, trying to see how many does it hold in the mag. Uh, scrolling through, don't see anything. Fucking it. Anyway, it's also got a Picatinny rail on top. Uh, so it's like, you know, you can already, it's already drilled. Got the Picatinny rail up on there. So that way, if you wanted to uh, put a scope on there, also the barrel is already threaded which is nice if you want to go ahead and put a uh, silencer uh, or a suppressor on there. That's good news, good stuff for that. You know, I, I think this is a win. I think it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, let's see if we can find a, a price on it. Don't see a price. If I had to guess, this thing is probably going to be around a grand, if not more. Uh, I don't see where the price is in regards to it. Let's do a little quick Google search. Uh, this is fucking great radio. Do a quick Google search and see what we can find in regards to price. And I don't see it. Going to Voodoo Gunworks main page, I don't see it yet. Oh well. Check out, you know, I'm sure they'll be releasing some more shit on it eventually here soon. Sorry about that. Alright, also, she's gonna go ahead and have this out as well. I am a real Avid fanboy. Uh, I'll just tell you, uh, I love real Avid products. Uh, same with Magpul. Uh, and also uh, Mantis X. I love their products. Uh, I fucking love Real Avid's uh, armorers and cleaning kits that they uh, come out with. Well, they have now introduced a Boremax bore foam. Now, you know, if you know what bore foam is, uh, it's basically just it's a, a pressurized can that's got a, a little clear plastic tube. You stick it in your barrel, you press it down, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, foam starts coming out, and uh, that breaks down carbon, uh, breaks down lead in the barrel that's been built up, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> And you're looking at $12.99, which isn't too bad. Uh, you know, the normal stuff, I think you get it around for like eight, nine bucks uh, at like, you know, your local gun store. Pretty cool. Uh, and if it's coming from Real Avid, 
it's probably good. Does does what it's supposed to. ETS debuts new 40 round mags for M&P 320s and VP9s. Now uh, that is cool stuff. I'm in, I'm kind of wondering the reasoning behind this. Uh, I guess maybe it could be you know uh, they just came out with like a Roni for a 320. Uh, that would be good. But you know uh, the M&Ps. I think Keltec makes. Um, you know, the, uh, the Keltec sub 2000s that takes M and P magazines. Uh, those would be the only things I could see them being used for the VP nine. You know, if you just want to have a fucking 40 round magazine, you know, hanging out the bottom of VP nine, more power to you, but I really don't see the need for it. Uh, but you know, for the 320 MP, like I said, I kind of see that uh, for those models, you know, Glock is the king. Uh, Glock magazines are the king uh, for AR nine millimeter, uh, you know, tiles type rifles and, and pistols. So I don't see a huge market for this. But like I said, at least for the M and P and the P three twenty, you know, there's uses for that. But for the VP nine, I, I guess they're just banking on something that I don't fucking know. Streamlight unveils a, the Wedge, which is a USB rechargeable EDC light. Uh, it is capable of uh, 300 lumen con- con- continuous and a thousand lumen momentary throw mode. Uh, so this thing is kind of cool. MSRP is a little high; it's about 150. But this is a, a great EDC light, just because you know I like to always carry lights with me, just because, especially you know with daylight savings t- daylight savings time gone. You know, it gets dark earlier. Uh, I'm always either you know going outside to see what the fucking dogs are up to, or go to the garage uh, for a project, uh, and I you know need to find where the fucking switch is to the garage, or you know going out to uh, the trash can, or going out to my truck, shit like that. And this is you know a flat wedge. It almost looks like a knife, uh, you know, like a long knife uh, kind of profile. Uh, which is great to me just because I hate that kind of circular shit that's in my pocket. Uh, but 150 bucks, probably wait till around Black Friday. I bet you'll probably find one of those for around 100 And the last product we're going to be talking about today is the Timony Trigger announces new Alpha Glock competition trigger. Uh, this is pretty cool. It's got a factory pull of three pounds. Uh, it's MSRP is 164 so you're looking right around uh, for those high-end type triggers like from Apex things of that nature uh, kind of cool you know not nothing to write home about but if you're looking at a Glock build uh, or to create a Glock competition uh, firearm it's definitely something to look into and with that let's go ahead and start getting into our gun culture and start wrapping the show up earth, but the room is gone I was Nipsey, my friend, and they all not here no more, and I share special moments with them. Nigga had the nerve to walk up on me, ask me where I'm from. I told him I ain't bang it in Lister, so I gave him one. Not the Sadiddy one. Nigga tried to hit him up. Now he want to get him up and set it up and wait it up. Now I'm from the hood, checking niggas on the daily. Started off VG, OG, baby. Real life, homie, two heaters in my seat. Had to check a nigga at the cops to swap me. Where you from? And in gun culture, we're going to be talking about the silver screen, and we're going to be talking about the hundred. Now, this is a series that is available on Netflix, so if you're looking to look it up, it's pretty, you know, it's a fun uh, sci-fi apocalyptic TV show that is on actually the CW uh, originally, but, you know, Netflix is taking the seasons and they're putting it on there for people to watch. I actually started watching this on the CW and, you know, once I got rid of cable, uh, I was really, you know, kind of bummed and I started watching, you know, kind of like the pirated shit online. But since Netflix has picked it up, that's how I've been keeping up, you know, like with The Walking Dead and The 100 as well. Now, there are a few guns in there. Uh, it's, you know, set in the future to where, you know, people that lived in a space station because there was like atomic warfare uh, on Earth. They stayed up there for a long ass period of time and they sent, you know, 100 people to go down to see if it was ready to be livable again. And then they found out that there was actually people that have been living on Earth this whole time. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of uh, us versus them kind of uh, storyline. Pretty good show. Like I said, if you're into sci-fi, or especially me, I love apocalyptic-themed movies or TV shows. Uh, so this is like right up my fucking alley. And there's also a little bit of guns in there. Uh, so this specifically, we're going to be talking about Season 4. Uh, and there are a few cool kind of... Uh, 
kind of old rustic weapons and then also some future looking wep- futuristic looking weapons. The first one we're going to be talking about is a Ruger KP-89. Uh, it's used by the Sky People, which is what the people that came down from the uh, space station is called. There's also a Walther P-99, uh, which is pretty uh, kind of futuristic looking. Uh, again, the Sky People use that. Uh, you just have a generic sawed-off shotgun that's being uh, thrown around in the apocalyptic uh, vehicle that they ride around. Uh, there's also a Beretta MX-4 Storm, of course, futuristic looking gun being used uh, by the Sky People. Uh, you also have a Norinco QB or yeah QBZ 97. Now this is a bullpup uh, type rifle that is chambered in 5.56, accepts AR-15 magazines, uh, and it's almost like a weird G. It's like if the Steyr Aug and the G3 had a bastard child, that's what this would be. Uh, it's pretty funky looking. And they have a flashlight or yeah, flashlight mounted on the top in it inside the uh, the the series itself. Uh, of course, and this is primarily what I noticed whenever I was watching the TV show. You have a ton of the tactical Ronies uh, probably using a Glock 17, and this is kind of like what all the like security forces or police uh, of the Sky people, the people from the space station. That's primarily what they're carrying. Uh, also in this, what's kind of cool is you have a customized elite infield rifle. Uh, it almost looks like a, you know, it's, it's a elite infield rifle is the basis for it, but it looks like it's got like an M14 type barrel on it, but then also, uh, it's got like some AR-15 magazines hanging underneath it, uh, to almost make it look like a, a mini 14. Uh, and then you got this weird kind of scope mount on it. Pretty interesting looking. You also got a uh, Remington 700 uh, with a Chote Super Sniper stock. Uh, kind of cool looking. You also had a Savage Arms Axis. And then you have an M134 minigun. I'm telling you, if you're into sci-fi and if you're especially into apocalyptic type series, check out the 100. Uh, right now, there's, I think, four or five seasons on Netflix. Uh, so that's definitely something that can keep you interested. And with that, let's start wrapping the show up. I want to greatly appreciate you listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. If you haven't already, please check out our uh, social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, Discord all on that shit. Also, if you haven't already, hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this because that's the best way for you to keep up with new episodes as they come out. Also, if you can, please leave us a review. That is the best way for other people to find us when they're looking for gun-related podcasts on their podcast subscriber platform. Check out our website, 2alifestyle.com. Uh, we are going to be probably transferring over to Just Pews uh, before the next episode, so be listening out for that type of information. Also, please check out our Patreon. Like I said, everything that you guys give us goes directly back into this podcast and our content creation to give you guys a better uh, better experience, you know, better product, all that good stuff. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show and I'll see you guys in two weeks. And until then, keep on enjoying the 2A lifestyle. Out of all the places I could choose, I go to you, only you, feel you just below the surface, darling. All I want to do is go to you.